episode 99, Luft Balloons of Gaming and BS. Welcome to Gaming NBS, episode 99, sponsored by GameholeCon. GameholeCon, a gaming convention coming to Madison, Wisconsin in November. Get your ass to GameholeCon. Visit GameholeCon.com for more information. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Good to have you here. <sighs> I had coffee. Did you? Yeah, no beer. No, no alcohol. Beer? No, no alcohol. we this, this coffee. Need a stimulant, man. Pretty nice. exhausted. I was exhausted yesterday. I went to the friendly local game store. Yeah, you game like yeah. a crazy man. Did you? No, I would. I behaved. You did. I did behave. Did you? You got some gaming in though, right? I did. I I took a part. I took part. I partaken. I have partooken of. Forrest Gary had a birthday. Oh, that's right. He had a birthday. Happy birthday, and, Forrest. And for his birthday, he decided to run games for people. Oh, that's awesome. So he ran a DCC. It's a DCC game, but he, he really, it's Mutant Crawl Classics. But since Mutant Crawl Classics isn't out, he kind of incorporated what he could. So we the scenario was that we were all, it was a funnel. Okay. We all were teenage kids in high school. At a sock hop in the fifties at the <laughs> at the Wisconsin Hotel, nice in Milwaukee. Okay, okay. And all hell kind of breaks loose from there because it's mutant girl classics. All hell because has to it's mutant, right? And Wayne, uh, Lum Runner Humphrey stopped by. Tim Verning was there. Venger Satanus was there. Um, Jacob was there. Very cool. Oakley. Oakley was there. Oakley's Forrest's son. Uh, Tom was there. Get uh, a good uh, crew. Wayne's daughter, Allie. Nice. And I think John, who sat next to me, and then another gentleman that's, whose name escapes me. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I was, um, shoot. You it was this. a. I know I'm gonna have to edit this. That's right. Um, but it was uh, a game. Oh, where am I going with this? Damn it, Brett! I don't know, man. This is the coffee. See, this is what happened. I know you it's changed, the coffee. You changed from beer to coffee, and it's completely got your mojo off. Well, let me tell you what I did over real quick over the weekend here. I went. You up know, I'm gonna get it while you're you're exactly. This. this is why. This is why I'm going. So took Friday off, headed up to my hometown. Um, did some road motorcycle up. It was great. Really gorgeous weekend for it. Um, got up, ran Merp with my buddies, and before that though, we went to the uh, gun range up there, which was a blast. My uh, one of my buddies, uh, one of the guys I run Merp for, had recently purchased a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he had purchased a 50 cal Desert Eagle. That is the oh, gun, geez. the the huge mammoth cannon of a semi-auto handgun, and uh, oh my god, is that fun! Holy, cra- it's like four bucks every time you pull the trigger. But it was a lot of fun. It was like crazy fun to shoot. And uh, I now have a bunch of uh, 50 cal Desert Eagle brass that I'm going to try to clean up and use, get out to some folks to use as bennies. I think that should be fun. And they're, the shells are big. It's like, it's crazy. It was a lot of fun, though. 
Now I remember what I was going to say. Oh, what the hell did you do? What were you doing? So we were zero level funnels and Wayne, one of Wayne's, one of Wayne's three characters gets, guess what his name was? Sean. Close. Bretsky. Bretsky? Oh, I was that close. Bretz, Bretsky. Well, it sounds like Sean. It does, a little bit. Bretsky. They're both yeah. Polish, that's why. Bretsky. All right. Yeah, he was kind of leading the charge, like, you know, shooting stuff. And, and of course, Wayne is like, well, you know, of course, Bretsky likes to shoot shit up. <laughs> there you go. Bretz, Bretsky did. did uh, uh, he, he died a know, horrible death. He did. He did. And I think Allie was involved in it, but. Yeah. Things happen. These things happen. It's Mutant Crow Classics. Bretsky. Bretsky. Nice. <laughs> that was funny. All right. Uh, announcements. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Gaming BS, we were, were a couple people asked us about this. But specifically, we were asked by um, Roger Bresley around what the happy hour is going to be. Or we're trying to get a social hour going at Game Hole. Sean, what have you got? Fill us in. Yeah, so I'm, I talked to the director of Game Hole Con, um, Alex Cammer. And if you haven't heard of Alex, start at one, work your way <laughs> work forward. Your way we you'll, mentioned you'll, him repeatedly. You'll encounter him at least three times. At least. Uh, I talked to Alex. Brett does not know this. I went behind Brett's back. Well, because, you know, that's what I do. Well, I, this is this is payback for me having a secret down with D&D episode. This is what happens. This is a lover's quarrel. It's a little spat between I mean, Sean and it's, I. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, but whatever. Uh, whatever. Brett, yeah. So Friday night, there is like Mertz's 50th that's going on at the Clarion that is connected to the con, the hotel. So Mertz's 50 is happening in the main little lobby area. So that's already spoken for. But very, very there's cool. nothing. Right. But there's nothing going on Saturday evening. So I said, I want to do that. Can I do that? And how much is beer? So I got the cost of beer um, for a keg. I don't know how many people it serves, but. I don't know, a lot. And so we're getting a keg of beer. The only problem is we're not going to be able to be like only, you know, only GBSers, right? Well, we it's, don't want to be exclude. We don't want to exclude people, right? One, no. potential listeners. Two, you know. Right. Well, we true. Be nice guys. True. But I was kind of hoping to reward these guys, the players and the GMs in some manner. But so it'll be an open beer um, in the Clarion, probably around the seven or eight o'clock on Saturday night of the con. Um, we'll put up a little banner um, for everybody that can come in and they'll drink it. We are getting spotted cow. So if you've ever drinking from the spotted cow, it's a local beer from New Glarus. Um, it gets quite a lot of people like it. As a matter of fact, it's not exported outside the state. So we get people from Minnesota and Illinois and Iowa jump over the border and grab like a six pack or 12 pack on occasion. Uh, so it's good beer. It's not, you know, we're not getting... Old Milwaukee, though I I would I would be all down with that because I like Old Mill. I like Old Mill. I like Blatz too. Hell, I drink. That Whoa, stuff. the Blatz splats. <laughs> anyway, so we've so got that's... beer. That'll be fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And for yeah. those who don't drink beer, we'll you know there'll be soda around and other things. So obviously we don't want to. If you're not a beer drinker, that's fine. That's right. Uh, but that's just we felt that would probably be the uh, larger component. The cool part will be hopefully we can get uh, the BSers who happen to be there. Uh, hanging out, who've got some time, can swing by, hang out with us, and just uh, BS with us for a little bit. I think it should be a good time. We usually run into a lot of really cool people. Last year, we had a lot of fun, and one of the things that um, listeners and friends of the show and stuff had asked was that we should get something kind of official. So here we go. We're going to give this a shot, see how it goes. 
Right. Very cool. Um, next up is Evercon, our special guest. Uh, this is, of course, Evercon.org. Uh, it will be January 6th through January 8th of next year. So start your game year off right. Get over to <coughs> Evercon. And we're going to have Lloyd Metcalf, Tim Seeley, Ken Height, Dave McGarry, and uh, Drew Happley, one of the men in black from Steve Jackson Games, will be there with us as well. Lloyd, uh, artist within the uh, gaming community. He's done some really good work in the OSR space and so forth. Tim Seeley, uh, comic book artist, Hack Slash. He's done work in, uh, for DC, Image Comics, and so forth. Uh, Ken Height, uh, new guy, new to the uh, gaming scene. <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody knows, um, if anybody doesn't know Ken Height, who's listening to us, that's just silly. But so we're fortunate enough, we're going to get Ken Height to come up. And Dave McGarry. Dave is the uh, gentleman who, um, the dungeon board game. The, uh, the lead designer for the dungeon board game that most of us know and love who have played that back in the 80s. So that'll be cool to have him there. Star-studded lineup. Yeah, not too count. bad. Not too yeah. bad. We're, we're like, as I've said before, we don't have the uh, carefree approach to our wallets as Alex <laughs> does when it comes to people, but uh, I'm feeling pretty proud. We got Ken Hype before Alex did, so that makes me happy. Uh, bonus BS episode. So what we're going to do, um, I want to promote the events that are that are being run by GMs under our banner. Um, so August, uh, Forrest, um, Tim, uh, Avenger, Nick, uh, Jason Hobbs Hobbs. I know I'm going to miss one and somebody's going to choke me. Um, so we, I recorded kind of, hey, what are you running? Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, well, do we put it in an episode? Some of them range from anywhere from two minutes to about eight minutes. So I'm just going to release them as bonus BS episodes. They should show up in your feed. If you ha We do have two different feeds, but if you subscribe to the overall and all-encompassing feed, they'll probably show up. They're very short, two to eight minutes. So if you're not coming to Game Hole Con, you know, just hit skip or heard or played, uh, and you'll be fine. But if you want to know like what they're running and why, Roger Brasslet, can't forget Roger, um, I actually recorded his first um, Saturday at the Ask Crack of Dawn. That's actually a time in Central Zone, Ask Crack of Dawn. It is. It is, absolutely. Yeah, I had to convert it to Eastern Standard Time. For okay. Him. But, yeah, it was good. So then you could find out a little bit more about um, their games and why they chose them and, and yeah, what they're called. Yo, you and, then, and I are running games. Should we do that? We should probably do we that. We will. Yes, Brad. Yeah, I totally will record you. Hi, I'm Brett. Brett, tell <laughs> me this. Uh, great. Thanks for running the game under Gaming and BS. Uh, tell me a little bit about your game. <gasps> awesome. Yeah. I'll record myself. Hey, Sean. Hey, hey good. great to meet you, Sean. Good looking guy, aren't you? Yeah, I didn't mean to call it out, but hey, yeah, there we are. Right. Are you like going to be GM in the Sean train? Well, <laughs> uh, you have to stay tuned for that interview. That's uh, that'll be that's, yeah. that's going to be a good one. That is going to uh, be a good little, one. Let's get to but it'll be good, fun. Good is yeah subjective, but and bonus MBS is where we is where we stash the um, the recordings we'll we'll do at Gamehole Con, and hopefully we'll be able to get Sean up to Evercon to help me out up there if we get any recordings done there. Interviews and our post show stuff. That's where we'll be putting that as well. Again, as we said last year, that way. Folks who may listen to us and kind of sort of don't care, or that gives you opportunity to skip it. So, uh, if you're going to Gen Con and you want to go to Misdirected Mark's Play Better Games event, uh, I don't remember the event details. I'll have to find that out. But if it's in the program, it's in Absolutely. their event list. So go there um, and tell them 
that Gaming NBS sent you. That's why you're there. Tell them exactly. Sean and Brett sent you to their seminar. Exactly. Because we don't want them to be lonely. We need them no. to feel like they're loved. And they're brothers yes. from our other podcast mother. So we need to make sure that they're well-loved. So when you get there, walk up to them and say, hey, Brett and Sean said you guys put on a hell of a show. That's where we're here. So if you go there, sit right, like fill the front rows in first. Start Absolutely. there and work your way back. And when you sit down, cross cross your arms and kick your feet out and say, Gaming and BS sent us. They said something about you guys telling us to play better games and go. Like, and go. <laughs> and just sit there. Ready, go. <laughs> right. Like, all right, here we are. These guys told us to go come here. Now entertain us. Yes, that's what that's what we want. <laughs> we want our listeners to be complete pricks. That's what we want. But but to to in addition to that, we're going to go along already. Um, Kevthulu, which is a mutual friend of ours and Chris and and Bob's and Phil's, mm-hmm. created a bingo card for I think that that seminar. So we have the center square. I don't know if you knew that, Brett. I saw it. That's pretty cool. We have the center square. So if somebody, you know, gaming and BS, boop, we get the center square. You play bingo during their seminar. You can yell bingo. So you have your arms crossed. You got your bingo card kind of maybe on your lap and you got your dauber. And then, you know, if you win, just yell, yell gaming and BS bingo. Yeah, there you go. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, Sean and I were talking about this off mics a couple of times. We we're just not able to make Gen Con this year. It would be cool to uh get down there and hang out with the guys at the seminar. We're not gonna be able to do it, unfortunately. So Phil, Chris, Bob, have a good trip down there, guys. Enjoy it, have fun. Kevin and everybody else who's going to the uh, seminar and enjoy, have fun, give the guys a little bit of heck, but uh don't go quite Sean crazy on them. Yeah, and then when you sit with your arms crossed and your legs feet kicked out, uh-huh. every every few minutes, look at your wrist and make sure you have a watch on it. Like, oh my god, how long is like this just thing? yeah, just keep looking <laughs> at it every once in a while, and then like tilt your head to one side. I almost got kicked out of a class in college for doing that. <laughs> Those guys are gonna be like, what an asshole. <laughs> I'm not uh, kidding. I almost got kicked out of a class in college for doing that. The professor got really pissed. Well, right, because it's like an ass move. It kind of was. She was terrible. Hey, anyway. But but know that you're doing it out of love exactly. through us vicariously. <laughs> um, and then gaming and be like our this is the last episode behind be before the big uh, 100. Absolutely. So you got to go to gamingabs.com forward slash trivia 100 to do the trivia contest. You'll be entered for stuff that we've got to give away like uh Forrest Gary gave me two copies of his physical actual book Hero Clicks and Pomp a novel of sab- uh, of fabricated and the fay yep it's and, a hardcover book it's good stuff i've got a copy that he uh, gave to me last year it's good really good uh i've got a dice bag from grayed out and i've got some funky dice to put in there um Joe Swick Papa Swick sent uh some lovely goodness our way we had um uh Corey Wynn Gave us some stuff. I've got some stuff from Corey that I could put into the Evercon um, uh, silent auction that'll go for charity. And I think I've got enough goodies from there to, to throw into the uh, to the gaming MBS pool. So we got some pretty good. We got some cool stuff. It should be fun. Got, we've got Jason Blaylocks. They met in a tavern. Absolutely. We got that too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, we got a lot of good stuff. All right. Think, so we, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think we, we're going to go long. So let's get in there. Let's random it up, brother. Oh, my God. Random Encounters, segment of the show where we field emails, voicemails, and comments from social media and from listeners like you. First one up, we've got Lyndon James Borley on Facebook. 
Um, His first comment on face, like, like, well, I don't know if it's the first comment. First message. I think he messaged this. Yes, to he us. did message it to us. Yeah. He says, "Good day, BSers. Long time listener, first time writer, all the way from Perth, Australia." Oh, oh my god! That- Between he and the mongrel, where we've now have Australian contingent. This yeah, is awesome. It's crazy. We got a couple wombats. Exactly. Sweet. And I thought I'd throw you my two cents. I really enjoyed this episode. It gave me a lot to think about how I GM my games. I think the point you guys uh, made really hits, like most of your episodes, home on the issues and problems GMs have every session. Should should we be brave and try something cool or just stay the course? Or if my players are bored of the course? Holy G, should I spice it up to make it more interesting? At the end of the day, as long as all of your core fellas and Sheilas keep coming back to your session, how bad could it be? That Once is a- hilarious. You used <laughs> Sheila. So <laughs> my, my wife's cousin, my wife's cousins are from Australia. And they're like, yeah, Sheila's. That's what they call the ladies, Sheila's. Yeah. Yeah, and so for him to say that is just hilarious. Like, oh, it's just not my her cousins, right? <laughs> no, other people say that. Yeah, that's I get I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's I just, thought it was hey, funny. It's cool. Yeah. Once again, great food for thought. Keep it up. If you're ever down under my way, I'll buy you blokes a few beers. Regards, Lyndon. Uh, so, Perth, he tells us Perth is apparently the exact opposite side of the earth as Texas. So, so tw- is Blaylock from, hour. Blaylock is from Texas, right? He is, yeah. So we have polar ends of the globe covered. We have Blaylock holding down Texas, and we've got Lyndon in Perth. So that's right. good. We've got that. We have the anchors to keep yes. this world afloat. And I just want to say, Brad, if we go to Australia, we could save like a few bucks on a couple beers, man. I think that's totally worth going there. I, have, I know a few guys actually down in Australia, a couple uh, expats out of the UK and Ireland and a few other people. So I've, I've, I have folks we could visit. Dude, I've got my wife's cousins literally live there. Like free, like free room, free, you know, board, wow. free food, and all we got to do is get there. And there's, I'm just going to say this right now. There's no way in hell my wife is going to let me jet off to Australia with you and not take her. And uh, so I'm going to have to wait a little bit, I think. Well, that's cool. I'm down with her coming along. All right. I mean, Susan, I'm down with Susan. She's she's good people. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then okay. one of my, my wife's cousins is in Tasmania. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. So, Lyndon, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, really glad you took the time to, to write into us. It's always it's cool to me to see, you know, <clears throat> all jokes aside, where people are listening to us and where gaming really is. Um, we've had a couple people write us on uh, email and coming in through Google Plus and stuff where they've said, English is not my first language, but I really like your show. That is freaking amazing to me that we have people that are native Spanish speakers or something else, and they're listening to us, and they think that what we have to say is interesting. Oh, maybe it's because we we translate better into a foreign language than we do in our own. But regardless, it's so cool to me to know how worldly, how globally spread gaming is. I, I hear about it, but to have a guy like Lyndon and Mongrel and other people who are in other countries write in and tell us that, hey, I'm down here, or hey, I'm over in this part of the world, that's just cool. I love that stuff. Next one's yours. All right, Ed. Ed. Edwin. Oh, yes, Edwin Nagy. Okay. What do you have? Hey, BSers. I was feeling all beat down and helpless by the end of your prison episode. So many tasings. Well, we did that. Keep, you know, got to keep, keep them under control. I didn't feel better until I recalled the power trip of putting my own PCs in the slammer. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. 
Actually, my party did end up locked down a while back. It was the only solution I could come up with after they failed miserably against the orc slavers. The party was down to one hit point collectively, four unconscious, and the fifth down to one. Rather than playing out their time in the pits, although you all did put forth some good ideas for that next session, they played the rescue party. That was also touch and go, but it meant that they got some equipment and some new friends as soon as they were freed. If the rescue had failed, the PCs would have been moved to a bigger prison further into enemy territory where they would have learned lots and hopefully had a fun struggle on the way out. While the players weren't that concerned about the fate of their temporary characters, there was still plenty of tension because they thought if they failed, they may never see their real PCs again. Gotta have something on the line. One thing that was interesting was that because I had left their entire time in prison off camera, the players created way more misery in hindsight than we could ever have played through. That was a fun surprise. Cheers and happy almost 100, Edwin. That is really cool. We didn't talk about that option. I was didn't even think about it. This is really cool. So the PCs are captured. Instead of worrying about how am I going to run the adventure in prison, he flips it and says, here, here's some basically NPCs or temporary PCs for you. You're on a, you're on a rescue mission. You're going to go bust the other guys out. And the tension is totally there, right? Because you're like, um, what if I'm stuck playing this dwarf I don't want to play? What if I'm now the halfling bard? I didn't want to be the halfling bard. I want to be, you know, whomever the mage. Um, that's cool. You get some cool NPCs connected to you. If somebody happens to die or something on the way in or out, you've got other connections. I like that. That is really cool. Good work, Edwin. I like that. Well done. Well done indeed. Yeah. And hey, bringing the party to its knees. Thumbs up, baby. Yeah, there's Good. there's some there's some cool there's some cool mojo there. Job well done. <laughs> All right, comments on episode ninety eight. Uh, John, Steve, uh, Sean, Kelly hit a nerve with me on the inability to run long campaigns anymore. I've discovered the same burnout syndrome afflicts me. <clears throat> See me. I've got halfway through Rise of the Rune Lord several years ago and s- simply could not continue it. After playing D anD D for thirty plus years, I moved over to Savage Worlds and love it. But I still find myself wanting to try new themes within that system. I've had to control my wandering urges lest I really tick off my players. Good point, John. I mean, that that can be one of those pieces where if you end, if you're constantly like, oh, well, I'm bored now, let's move, I'm bored, let's move, I'm bored, let's move, you may have a hard time keeping players around you <laughs> unless they also have the same level of ADD that you do. Hey, John, it's a big world, baby. You're not going to get run out of town if you do it. You just have to go online and and burn other people's bridges it's all good trust <laughs> there's me. a lot of bridges to burn don't worry don't worry trust there's me many. yeah i mean if you keep doing it and you put it out there for on roll 20 telling everybody you're gonna run a game john yeah. remembers that group what was it 10 12 groups ago oh he loved That's those right. guys burned them right out he did <laughs> next one's yours brandon barnes first time listener and i already love your show <laughs> i do about a podcast with my friends on comics and we have a similar vibe to your show Okay, to fail has been a bit of a mantra for me lately. We kind of jumped into the podcast realm headfirst and we're learning along the way. But ultimately, I think we're doing it, doing all right. Same thing with a few other ventures in my life. I've been running 5e game for my kids and when I get to see them, he's geographically separated, he says, and our last session was a bit of fail, but overall a success. I tried to be clever by making a sliding tile puzzle into a dungeon. 
totally didn't think it all the way through and ended up having to cheat on it, of course. On it, of course, I cheated on the side of fun and my kids really enjoyed it. I already have some things on the list to do differently and some new things I want to try as well. So, of course, Brandon was humble enough to not tell us what his, like, hey, he's got a show. So I asked him, what's your show? So you can find his show if you're into, into graphic novels and comics at www.graphicnoveltypodcast.com. We have a link in the show notes for that. Yeah, link in the show notes. Thanks for listening, Brandon. Absolutely. Um, That's really cool, man. Yeah. I think the um, the okay to fail thing, I, like I said during the show, I'm positive. Sean and I kind of rambled into it as is our want, but <clears throat> there is a piece where if you're going to try something new, especially in the realm of entertainment, if it's with like Brandon was playing a game with his kids or whatever, you're trying it, it might not be a huge win for you. And that's okay. It doesn't have to crush the whole, the whole everything, right? You, you can learn from it and you can pick yourself up. You can keep going. So good, good move, Brandon. Good stuff. Hey, and good luck with the podcast, man. Yes. It's a lot more work than I thought it would be. <laughs> it's easy. And I, don't even, and I don't even do all the work. Sean does not even. It's easy it. for it to become kind of blah. And then that's how pot fading comes around. It's putting consistent, you know, work, p- consistent things out there is not. It's not easy. It's not easy. You just got to like, yeah, I don't so you know. Talk about like gamer ADD. You talk about, you know, hey, I'm sick of doing this creative endeavor. Maybe I want to move on to something else. Right. Yeah, and that's know. okay. And that's totally. okay. Next is uh, Graham Minert. Um, yep. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Graham, if I'm not, please correct me. Minert, oh, if you're saying it in Deutsch, it is Minert. Minert, okay. Yeah. On the play-by-post front, one of the better sites, in my opinion, is our poll, rpol.net. Die Roller supports many systems, uh, solid privacy controls, good site owners and admins. Pretty cool. So I believe Graham asked in that episode 98, 97 thread, you know, he's like, can I, should I, should I elaborate or on play by post? Should I make another thread? I said, yeah, go ahead. Make another thread and just create it and talk about it. That's fine. That's cool. So yeah. Play by post. I brought it up to uh, Mr. Farmer and Wayne this weekend and I don't know. I might, I'm, uh, I don't know. If Was I'm that Randy wrong. Farmer? Yeah. Uh, Eric Farmer. Eric Farmer. We've we got two couple, farmers. We, we got a couple farmers. Yeah. We got a lot of crops growing. So we got a couple <clears throat> Which is farmers. Good. A lot yeah. of gamers to grow. It was Eric. Eric Farmer. Okay. Eric Farmer. Yep. Next one is by Azale, uh, Azrael Arocha. So uh, this is the gentleman who's a uh, uh, the I, English the, is a second language. Yes, English is a second language. I wanted to, I didn't know what language it was that he was his primary. So yes. um, imprisoning PCs. Hey guys, I just finished episode ninety seven on jailing your players. I mean imprisoning player characters. Hey, hey, <laughs> Azrael, I like the humor, man. That's good stuff. And I found it sweet to hear Brett go from. Found it sweet to hear Brett go from it doesn't make any sense and it sucks to it will work if done right. And it got me thinking in, a, in that sense, every campaign is a prison. Let me explain. Even though the world is supposed to live and breathe outside the gaming table, nothing really exists outside of what is said at the table. So in a way, if we think of it like that, filling a quote-unquote small space with life where the PCs have a purpose shouldn't be too hard for a better GM than myself. Apologies for the spelling. If there are mis- any mistakes, Spanish is my mother tongue. If uh, you feel there are many Spanish-speaking listeners, I have a Reddit community you can send them to. If not, feel free to skip that part. Well, we're not going to skip that part. We, he has he can be found at www.reddit.com forward slash r forward slash r-o-l n espanol. We have a link in the show notes. Yes. He says, keep up the good work. 
Ezreal, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. And that is that is interesting. That's kind of that's a more succinct way, I think, to say what I uh, blathered about last time, where if you make the prison yard or whatever it is, the campaign world, yeah, you're basically just a small world. You just crush the the campaign setting down to a slightly more confined because it's always confined in some way. Interesting. I like that perspective. Thank you very much. Yes. Thanks for writing in. And uh, yeah, I can't imagine listening to a foreign podcast. Like, and I think my German is okay, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, that's a, that's a damn tragedy with us Americans at times. At least with, uh, at least with you and I as America, I, I, right. I, I speak, I, I, clumsily fumble my way through asking somebody where something is in Spanish. Apart from that, I I am terrible at it. Yeah. All right. Speaking of uh, farmers, Randy Farmer writes in. Randy Farmer. This is a long one. I'm going to give it to you because I think he he goes for the throat on me. So I'm going to sit back and see if I can take it. Oh, Sir Brett. I beg to differ with many of your comments from this podcast. Please read the following comments as friendly jibes. Just continuing this topic, GNBS, so aptly started, stated, started? So aptly started. <laughs> My rage levels are low. It's okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> First. First. Your quote-unquote loss of agency comments struck a nerve, like banging my elbow on the corner of my desk. Ringing as shallow, lumping this in with railroading. Au contraire, monami. Jailbreaks are the most creative encounter settings I have ever run. He's a better man than I. <laughs> well, which, we, we knew that going in. Scary. He's get, getting down to business. He is. Certainly poorly run imprisonments. For example, your straw man, everything I try, I get beat down scenario are crap. Poor run D&D is crap D&D. Sure. Axiomatic. Fair enough. But the loss of weapons and access to items is not loss of agency. Just the temporary removal of certain go-to options. In practice, I found this liberating in a role-playing sense for my players, especially for systems like 4E. I once started a party of strangers waking up chained to the wall of a cave wearing only their clothing, with the tide rolling into the mouth of that cave, certain to drown them in a few hours. I'm kind of liking that. He's, I'm, I'm, I wasn't sure at first, but now I like where he's going. I like where he's going. The secret here was to not be railroad. Oh, now he just kind of ruined it for me. To let them try anything and everything. Thief slips out, uses a belt buckle to pick two, pick locks for the rest, and they swim off to start the adventure, which had them gutting sharks and trails for pouches, sharks and trails for pouches, creating Ooh. makeshift weapons from chairs, etc. Chains, actually. Chains. Chains and chairs are two different things. I'll it's explain that, that off. That one freaking letter. <clears throat> Um, the players would never have quite that much narrative control of that AD&D adventure again. Second, the why not just have hand wave the jailbreak comment. Let me rephrase that. The why not just hand wave the jailbreak comment. I say foul, good sir, foul. Oh, to the quick he cuts me. Oh, 
To that I ask, why not then just hand wave the dungeon, level everyone, and jump to the BB fight? Ooh, the big bad Okay, all right, all right, I get it, I get it, Randy, well stated. The answer is simple. It is the journey that is most important, not the so-called inevitable escape. The resulting path through the escape is rich with context. What did they learn from their captors or even each other? Did they make new enemies or allies? Were they able to recover their belongings? In my experience, this has almost never happened. If not, what are the, they using instead? Etc. In short, good sir, some of my very favorite D&D sessions in terms of creativity and role-playing have been imprisonments. Watsi seems to think so too, as the first chapter of Out of the Abyss starts with the player characters imprisoned by Drow in the Underdark. My live play chapter summary is here, complete with some pretty impressive papercraft photos taken by my players. Keep up the good work, provoking discussion. And we've got a link in the show notes to um, his uh, what he's talking about there with the live play summaries and the pictures. If you have not heard us talk about Randy Farmer before, you want to talk Papercraft Master, this man has it down cold. So, Randy, this is really good, man. I <clears throat> I do take it in. Uh, I did. I do take this as a as a good rebuttal. This is good stuff. I think Sean and I touched on bits and pieces. I like what you're saying here. This the um, basically by how do I want to do this? I think if you, a preconceived notion is what I walked into it with. I think that's kind of where Sean and I started a preconceived notion that it wasn't the journey. It was going to be this kind of railroady, this preconceived concept. And if you, you have to set that aside, break that, break your brain away from that as the game master and the players and look at it from a different perspective. And I think we started to get to that a little bit near the end. And uh, some of what Randy talks about here is damn good stuff. I think this is really cool. I like the concept of, the journey, I think that touches on what Sean brought up in the last episode around his flashback episode where people learn things as they got out, how they forge bonds, and uh, I like it. I think this is really good stuff. Randy, sir, I tip my hat to you. Very well done, and uh gives me something more to think about. Good stuff, man. Yeah, thanks for writing in, Randy. Of course, uh, we, we uh, encourage feedback. Good, bad, contrary to us, we're okay with that. It would be very it would be very hard to offend us, I think. Yeah, it would be. And and what we're talking about here is I mean, our whole our whole thing, Sean, is I want to get better at what I'm doing. You want to get better at what you're doing. We want to figure out how to do this. I've got an idea. If somebody thinks it sucks, um, or if it's a bad idea, I want to hear the opposing position, not just it sucks. And what Randy laid out here is like, hey, I don't like this and that's why. This is good. This gives me more to think about. And uh if I run another jailbreak scenario i've got this type of stuff that will now be in my mind as i'm thinking through designing ad living my way through it how is this going to work this is good stuff i really really like it all right let's get to the main topic thanks randy talking about this week brat so episode 99 next week we're gonna get a little bit more Kind of maudlin talking about the glory days, how we got to where we are type of thing. However, this one, I want to talk a little bit rulesy, and uh, I don't want to constantly talk about, this isn't um, system matters. This is not that, I swear to God. Uh, what I want to talk about, though, is there's certain rules 
that I was looking back, my buddies and I were talking about this, and I never, I never seem to use them. A game system will have a certain mechanic for something, and I don't use it. And yeah, well, we would do that, but, but Brett always uses his own. Eh, we never use that system. We never use this rule. We never use that rule. Regardless of what game we're playing. And it dawned on me, I'm like, does anybody else do that? And I thought, you know, I would bring it up here. And uh, if Sean says, oh, heck no, he always runs. He, he never omits a rule, and um, there's no such thing. He's by the book. Um, maybe I'm a, a weirdo in that respect. But um, oh, Sean, then, you're it, not, then you're not playing the damn game. It's like there, playing Monopoly. Hey, we're not going to use money. What the hell? <laughs> not not the quite hell? that. Not quite that bad. Oh, okay. So, for example, um, a lot of folks and... I'll pick on D20, D&D, that type of thing. A lot of people, the grappling rules have always been convoluted, ugly, clunky, don't like them. Um, generally speaking, if I see a grappling mechanic in a game system, when I'm reading it, even if it's a brand new game system. I, my I already went is, I already went there. What's that? You already went there, grappling. What do you mean? Go ahead. No, I finished what you were going to say. <clears> no, I said, my, <laughs> I said you just brought up like, never mind. No, my, my, uh, ha, ha, ha. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. My okay. brain just kind of goes, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to use that. I almost immediately dismiss that mechanic or that system because I'm like, God, this thing is always a pain in the ass. If it happens, I'll figure out something narratively to deal with it. Um, chase mechanics. I know Knights Black Agents has them, which, and suppose they're supposedly incredibly good. I've, I've not used them yet. I haven't run a pure Knights Black Agents game yet. Um, they're supposed to be incredibly good. But generally speaking, when I've run, modern settings or if when I've used uh, World of Darkness or GURPS or anything like that, any mechanics that had to do with chasing and catching up, I always kind of ad lib something and made it more narratively driven than what I had there. And I'm pretty sure if I were to go back and read some of the other chase mechanics or some of the different grappling mechanics that I have skipped over, they're probably pretty good. And I'm wondering, Sean, is there, do you have anything like that in your gaming where you see a rule set or a type of rule and you're like eh i don't care about that oh yeah yeah like, of course like, like what well before i get into those because okay. i was kind of hoping to kind of frame this up but you mentioned a couple already and that's okay that's all right Take but it i was so i would say brett before we go into like the specifics of maybe some of these or even answer that question for myself why right. would you not want to use a rule why would Brett not want to use one? Like you mentioned some of them already, but why, what is the overarching, like what, what is propelling you to disregard a rule as written? Ah, fair enough. Right. Generally speaking, the reason I do is because for me, it has to do with the history with that type of mechanic or that type of specific issue. So take grappling, for instance, I have not found a grappling mechanic that has worked for me. So I've always looked at them because of my stumbling across stumbling with them. They've not been good. I've not had good experiences with them. I figure that I can ad lib my way through it less clunkily than I can utilizing a mechanic that doesn't come up that often. And part of it is that I think that was probably the larger piece of it is that this game within a game or the sub mechanic or whatever it is doesn't occur that often in my games. It's we don't, have wrestling matches. We don't grapple a lot in in the games I run, and perhaps that's just because of I and my players don't don't do it. But it doesn't happen, and because it doesn't happen that often. But when it finally comes up, in order to keep the pace going, to keep the play going, the action happening, or whatever it is, I try to move past it quicker than going back 
and mastering that quick subset of the rules. Because I don't have an encounter that's designed for grappling. It just comes up ad hoc and like, fuck it, move on type of thing. Does that answer it? It does to some degree, and I and I don't dispute that, and I think that is a good. You better exp- not dispute it. Or kick your ass. I'm, ki- <laughs> I'm kidding. Carry on. <laughs> okay, well, I'll just be right here. If you <laughs> I'm, need kidding. Me. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. And I so I think you hint at it, but I think your example is very situational. Like it is grapple is something that is going to take place at a particular point. Right, I'm going to grapple. I'm going to grab him, or whatever. Right, but there's other rules that people may forego that may not be like just generally situational. But I think so. I think there's a few reasons. I guess is what I'm trying to say is there may be more than just that. What you you have conveyed. Fair enough. I think I'll give, the, you, an, I'll give you an example from my end. I was right? going to ask you to go for I, it. Okay, so I, encumbrance. Ah, that's a good one. Right, so encumbrance. But it's different than grapple because encumbrance may incorporate, depending on the game you're going to play, some folks are like, hey, man, that's part of the deal because it creates an economy of carrying stuff. And that could tie into the story. So if you have gone into a place and you're like, ooh, Smaug's hoard, I'm going to put it all in my bags and haul it off. And it's, you know, two dump trucks full of gold. Um, not going to happen. But does that piece, you know, tie into the story? Like, well, we're going to mine this place. And then, you know, what does that look like? But some people, uh, encumbrance, eh, I don't want to deal with that. So it's just bookkeeping to the GM and the players. So we're just going to say you get all that gold over time. Whatever, maybe you've got a bag of holding and you it holds two dump trucks for, full of gold. Whatever that looks like. So if a mechanic um, or rule were to be too bookkeeping, right, where I felt I needed a spreadsheet in order to track this thing, fuck it, I don't want to deal with that. It's too much overhead right. for one of us to do the paperwork, so therefore I'm not going to do it. So <laughs> that's, it a, may that's be, another good reason. That's another good right. reason. So it might be an overhead issue. Yep. It, it, it may be a rules complication issue, which is kind of what you're allu- alluding to. Yeah, for me, when the rules complication issue, if we if we refer to it as that, is basically there's a pacing, like for combat, say, for grappling combat. There's a pacing that is going on in my game. It's happening fast and furious. The combat's going. It's moving. It's grooving. It's happening. And then bleh, it just bogs down. When you've got to look up some bizarre convoluted grappling rule. And to me, when you see the bizarre convoluted grappling rule, you, you kind of know it when you see it. Um, you're reading the rule, you're like, oh my God, this is a whole sub paragraph with different charts and numbers and do this to pin, do this to hurt, do this to escape. Oh my God, it's a pain in my ass. Um, so you try, I, I tend to think of something on the fly. I like the idea of the encumbrance component from a bookkeeping perspective. I think another one that fits that is the research uh, rule. Some game systems, especially your Cthulhu style, when your library skill and research skills. They're specifically designed to help you. Um, I re- seem to recall some of my Cthulhu-based games having, if you skim a tome, it takes X amount of hours, you can gain this much knowledge. If you read the whole thing cover to cover, spend time studying, it takes this long, you get this other type of knowledge or this other level of this depth of knowledge. Sometimes from an expediency perspective where you want to kind of 
move that along instead of having the player say, well, they just look at you and say, well, I'm going to spend the time to do it. I'm going to dive into it. And if that research subset has a rule like, well, make a roll to see what you get, or you'll be out of the game for a certain period of time, blah, blah, blah. A lot of times those, even if they're not very cumbersome, they feel like they're slowing the game down. So we just go faster. So for, for, so to speed, right. So speed of, of progress or lack thereof. Right. So yeah, well, I need, I want resolute, I want resolution faster to whatever the situation is. Right. And that, that goes to, I mean, you get back into the AD and D days, that's weapon speed, right? Dealing with that, right. Uh, segments like rolling for initiative and dealing with segments, weapons against armor type. Exactly. Uh, maybe it's hit placement. Yeah. Whatever. Right. So yes, that'd be another reason. Complicated encumbrance rules that transition go- X number of weight into actual gold pieces and gold pieces in a pound. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Where it gets really messy. Yeah. So do you have what? I guess my when I ignore something universally, uh, and I, I say universally because I, I tend to do this for most games I run, it's those things that's what I believe will slow me down or in my experience tells me this has always slowed me down for you know 30 years of gaming. This has always been a pain in my ass. I'm going to ignore this and do something different every time. I think there is there's value in doing that and saying, look, I do have a mechanism. I can narratively um, push through this. We can figure it out when it happens and get an agreement at the table and and move on. There's probably a downside to it, but before we get into that component, is there anything, Sean, apart from encumbrance, that you do you get well, rid of them for speed or anything like that? Or I think it well, obviously, it depends on the game. Okay, does uh, it? Depends it? On, oh yeah, for, for you. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, I'm playing AD and D. I'm not gonna. I'm not. Maybe I'll have encumbrance. Maybe I won't. But I won't deal. I haven't dealt with weapon speed ever. Right. So that's kind of gone out the window. Um, but if you encountered but, weapon speed again in a different system, would you want it? It depends on how it's how it's incorporated. Maybe it is part of the game that that weapon speed is a major factor, but doesn't slow down things. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. So it, do, 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 if you read a new game, you read the rules, you say, oh, weapon speed is integral to how combat functions in this game. It appears to be elegantly handled. I will use it. Correct. If you read AD&D first edition, you're like, wow, weapon speed seems like a bolt-on pain in my ass. I will unbolt that and put it in a pile. Correct. Okay. Right. Something to that effect. You know, it'd be somebody could even argue where one game is very miniatures focused, one is not. Or you can, but it may not facilitate it as much as another tactical role-playing game. Right. So maybe that's kind of kind of the comparison where I will not incorporate miniatures in the one that is more optional. I don't know. Okay. Do I have that backwards? <laughs> no, I, I think I think I know yes. what you're getting to. I guess, like if it's it's a, if it's an intricate part of the game, I don't think weapon speed for AD and D necessarily needs to be an intricate part of the game. It works just fine without it, in my opinion. Okay, understand. Right? I, so, I'll buy that. Right. So if if I had another game that had weapon speed, maybe it's implemented in a different manner than it is in AD and D. So if we were playing a um professional wrestling RPG. Sure. 
then grappling mechanics, you'd be like, well, obviously, Brett, you have to use a fucking grappling mechanic. Just grapple. It's about wrestling. The, exactly. Okay. That is a perfect example, Brett, right? Okay. So grappling in 3-0, D20 might be like, this sucks, Brett. The, you know, it, it doesn't jive. Brett, yes. no, we're not going to use the, that rule. I'll figure it out. We'll run with what I kind of put out there. However, yes, if you're running like Worldwide Wrestling RPG, whatever that is, and there's grappling in it, but it's probably a different rule, right? It's just they got the same word, but the rule is probably different. And it incorporates it to be quicker, faster, more intuitive to understand. Yep. I think the... Um, you almost compare an apples and oranges, but we just, a little have, bit, they no, just happen no, to have I, the I, same name, right? I think there's a piece behind this, though, is that... And when I see a mechanic like that, when I see a rule system that appears bolted on... And not necessarily elegantly bolted on, like it just kind of stapled on there. Like, okay, that's added on. I have uh, I described this once to uh, my buddy Zavis, and it reminds me of you know, the joke. The joke when the bill goes up to be a law, and somebody is paper clipped on some weird addendum that if you stop this illegal thing from happening, you're also banning, uh, you know, the sale of almonds. Like, why am I banning the sale of nuts? I don't know. It was paper clipped on the bill, therefore it's included, so the whole thing gets rejected. Some, you know, the weird stories, American bizarre politics. Anyway, point is, is that sometimes it feels like the the mini game, the micro game, the smaller component, the grappling rules. I'm I, I'm sticking on that, or the encumbrance rules, this weapon speed, or the chase mechanics. If they don't seem integral to the game, if they don't seem that you know, by using it, you continue to um, enforce the theme and everything that this game is about. If it doesn't do that, if it feels like it's just one more extra bit of rules I have to have, in a D20 game, I'm like, look, I roll a 20, I do a thing. I either do damage or I don't. Why is grappling more complicated than that? Um, and when it when it seems to break that continuity, my brain says, eh, and I knock it aside and I do something different. I think I do that with every game system. Yeah, that, and that's, that's, hey, man, that's cool, dude. <laughs> you don't know what to say to that i don't know what to say to that is there hmm i think the issue though for me anyway maybe this is brett's confessional is one of many of brett's confessionals is that when i see a chase mechanic system regardless of what rule it is what game system it's in i'm like this is just going to be fucking stupid this is going to be a pain in my ass preconceived preconceived notion is bad right well you know, let me ask you this give it a shot do you run chase scenes? Yes. Okay. Well, but why do you choose to forego the chase mechanics to opt for something of your own way? The reason I... It's because it, does it go into the, what we mentioned? Like they're too convoluted or too hard to manage? It's usually because I don't remember them or the group doesn't remember them because when the chase happens... It's not planned. When you're ad-libbing a game and you're improving a game system and suddenly a chase occurs, you're like, okay, car chase time. You're like, shit, I didn't plan a car chase. There are car chase rules somewhere in this book. I could slow the entire action down and say, okay, hang on. Let's take a five-minute break while I look up the car chase rules, then we'll re-engage. The table is up. People are standing at the table. The dice are in their hands. They're ready to go. What do I need to roll to see if I get away? What do I need to roll to make this difficult driving maneuver? I think I have to do this. The energy is up. Everyone's adrenaline's going. I do not want to stop the game and say, okay, hang on. Just everyone take a breath, and I'll look up this rule. Oh, so for you, it's because you didn't prepare for it. No. 
It's not how the rules. It's not how the rules. I'm not going to memorize every rule. Is what I'm saying. And if that's it, that's fair. If the core mechanic can't get me out of a bind, then the core mechanic sucks. Whoa! Now we're starting to get into some. We could get into some craziness. Like <laughs> yeah, I could call Brett could. to could call Brett to the floor. Like, well, there's a difference between I know encumbrance. And how it's supposed to work, and it's going to be a hindrance to incorporate it. It's oh, gonna okay. Great, no, I like I like where you're right. Going. It's going to be too much more bookkeeping. But then it's like the Brett Brett's situation is well, I just don't want to deal with the rule because I don't know what it is, and and we're in the middle of making it happen. Yes. So you've read the you've read the chase so to mechanic. me that's not a rule issue. That's a Brett issue. That could very well be. That could possibly be because not. Brett could take the time to go. Well, I'm going to have a chase scene, so I better bone up. And those rules could be just great. Like, oh, this makes so much sense. They're very smooth. The problem is, though. But there's a is, difference between not knowing them and thinking they're clunky. True. That's a very good point. I like yeah. that. The other component, though, is the way I run games is that I have run a game with no chase scenes with a game system. And you're like, wow, that worked really well. Two games later, same game system, no chase scene. Third game, there's three chase scenes. It's improv. It's made up on the spot. Everything's happening right there. I don't. I do not enjoy going back and rereading the rules before every D and D five O session, and making sure I understand every knit and that just in case it comes up. I don't do that. Okay. So, well, hey, from, man, you, it's your game, dude. You've heard I know. Game. How long sure. does it take to attune to magical weapon in D and D five O? How long does it take? Attune to it? I'd need to attune to a weapon. How long does it take? Shit, I don't know. See, so right now, my character wants to do a thing, and I want to tune to this sword. Do I need to attune to a sword? I don't know. Does he? I think it's in there. If you don't even know where to start looking for it, do you make a decision now and then just live with it and go with it, or do you stop the action? So I do agree with you to some extent. You know, Getting into those nuances can certainly bog down the game, and it's like, dudes, we've got to really just kind of move on with this, whatever that looks like. But at the same time, if you're running say an espionage game or a modern game, you know, the, uh, you know, the chances of a chase coming up may be more often than whether you need to attune to wield a sword. I don't know. Like it, I, it would No, be, I buy that. I buy that. You know, I think, so I think it does depend on the game. You know, um, yeah, there you go. That's my thoughts. That's what, it, that's my take on it. Okay. <laughs> I do agree. Like I am wholeheartedly because so I am not so rules Savage, guy. So Savage Worlds has they um, have a chase. They, they have, have a chase. chase. They have, they have chase uh, vehicle combat and all that stuff. You're playing your mobsters game. Yes. Right. Yeah, they, I got to know the chase mechanics. Yeah, it's a set scenario where you're going to do this thing, and you you know it's gonna you know there's a fair chance that the chase mechanics are going to come to play. It may not happen, but the odds. But you are, need to prepare for it. They're in a car yep. with a dead body in the trunk. There so, is a possibility that they, they are going to be chased. driving down <laughs> they the could road. Very well, be chased. Yeah. Um, so where I'm going is that if you're playing and you're playing a um, a fantasy game, yeah, and you're like, okay, they're in. Um, they need to chase somebody, and they're in a wagon. They're in a boat, and yeah. suddenly somebody wants to have ship to ship combat, and you're like, we've never done ship to ship combat. This has been a dungeon crawl. They just got on here. I thought it'd be fun to have. You know, and they angered the port authority, and then one thing led to another, and they're being chased. Shit, where are these rules? What am I going to do? You know, do do the ships have 
hit points? Do ships not have it? What does it take to sink a ship? I don't know. Um, sometimes it makes sense to, you know, that, that's a really, uh, that's a shitty example. I, I, I do agree, though. I agree. I mean, it's yeah. not like you saw that coming. They're going down to the port to investigate something. They realize the bad guys get away or whatever, and you're like, oh, shoot, uh, is there a ship available? I get on there, and I I put the captain at gunpoint and tell him to follow that ship, and then yeah. craziness ensues. Totally mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. I so get I th- that. No, so I think what's happening, well, for me anyway, again, Brett's confessional time, is when I look at certain mechanics, I've had a history of them always failing me and not working very well. So I have a tendency to just kind of move past them and say, look, if and when, if and when grappling ever happens in this game, I'll figure, I'll figure something out. If and when somebody wants to do a, a chase, use a chase mechanic, I'll figure it out. And I just don't bother. I spend my mental energy memorizing other components of the rule system. Then I do that piece of it. Same with like research checks. If there's a detailed research component, that's a sub piece of the rest of the rule system. Depending on what the story is, I may or may not commit that stuff to rapid memory or have a cheat sheet or something. Because I'm like, look, if that shows up, I'll wing it. I'll figure something out that is narratively makes sense. Everyone at the table will nod their head and agree with and we'll just go. And I think those types of rules are things I just, I, I look at them and say, it, chances of it happening are less than X, so fuck it, I'm not going to memorize it. I'm not going to bother looking it up when it happens. All right, hey, yeah, that's cool, man, if that's your thing. If you want to be, you know. <laughs> you want to be wrong, yeah, go ahead, yeah, that's you nice. You want to be lazy or something. Oh, <laughs> lazy GM, oh, that, you little fucker. No, 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 I, I totally get it. I agree with you, and I think uh, I would be interested to, to hear what, what, the, what the listener thinks. I'll like, tell you well, what, how though. They handle them. Yeah. What, you're, what you're telling me here, though, makes good, is, is a good point, though. I think... You shouldn't shouldn't be lazy, and you should just look at it. Oh, dude, not that part. I like being lazy. Um, The other piece is that instead of because I have a tendency to just say nah, eh, fuck grappling, whatever. It would be worthwhile to take a look at them every time you see a new grappling set of rules to digest them, run a grapple, do something like even if um, you mock something up and just just to see how it goes. You go, wow. That wasn't that bad. Yeah, you don't know. It's terrible if you haven't run it before. Exactly. And as so I said, there's, there, there's sometimes when you see the grappling rules and you start parsing over it and your brain goes, these always suck. And it's it's a bit of, maybe it's just Brett's problem where I just, I have a uh, block on some of these, like chase me. I'm like, fuck, I'm not learning a whole new, I'm not learning a subset of these core rules just so I can have a car chase that is supposed to feel tense. I can make a car chase feel tense already. I don't need this shit. And... The difficult part then is that if you're playing with a group of people that are used to you and are used to your style, then that works fine. If you're at a game convention, though, or I've got new players, you're like, well, we'll just use the same research and chase mechanics we've always used. Everyone goes, what do you mean the different mechanics? This is nice black agents. Why are we not using these incredibly awesome chase mechanics? Why are, why are we not doing this? I read these rules for a reason. Well, know? I also think there's a difference between Brett deciding like i don't want i can create tense and car chase and i'm gonna just do my car chase and not knowing the actual rule not i shouldn't even say not knowing not having read 
that piece. Oh, there's five times when I just don't fucking know the rules. Because it may, well, and that's okay. But I think that some games may have very good rules that are based on that mechanic. And some GMs just choose not to get, like, I'm going to gloss over that because everything else is more, you know, I'm going to narrate my stuff. There's the character sheet, everything that falls in between me and that character sheet, I'm good with. And if it falls outside of that, I'm not going to be concerned with. So a chase mechanic comes up, you're going to go, oh, I'm, this is how we're going to do it. You explain it, you make it your own, and you run it, and it works fine. However, there may be a chase mechanic in that rule book that works better and not bogged down, and it may be easy to understand, but because the GM doesn't decide to- Doesn't take the time to read it. <laughs> doesn't take the time to read it. Like If you read it, it's kind of like, dude, how do you know you don't like that food if you haven't tried it? Come on now. But if you haven't read it- then you don't know if it's kludgy. You don't know if it's going to take a lot of time and you don't know it's going to be uncool. It may be cooler than what you're coming up with on the fly. Although I get the, un- I do understand the reason why somebody does bring it up on the fly. Mm-hmm. Are we good? I think we're good. No, that makes we're sense. <laughs> no, it totally, it, it makes sense. It's a weird. Because nice black agents, Phil could get on here and go, dude, what are you doing, man? It's great. It's easy. You like roll like a D6 and. They, yep. You know, whatever role this guy gets and this this PC gets, blah, blah, so blah. The, so the other piece of this is, I think, so as we're talking through this. Lazy GM. Well, not lazy GM. <laughs> is I want I want to master it as quickly as possible. I want to play. I want to get out sure. there and I want to play. And, yeah. and sometimes when the game is going, I think this goes into, we've talked about this before as game masters, and the, the, the okay to fail. And perhaps this is a more of a attack onto that than anything else that we've talked about is that I don't want to fuck up the game by slowing it down. I totally now, get that. Now, however... The first time... If you if you say, look, we've never done this before, so bear with me, guys, while we go through chase mechanics. If you say those words out loud, Angela looks at you and goes, well, yeah, let's 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 figure this out. Yeah. And Chris and Kev and everybody's like, yeah, okay, this is cool. We'll, no, we'll figure this out together. That's fine. Yeah, right. A and, board game, you don't sit down and go, well, we'll just figure it out because I don't want to waste time reading the rules. Yeah, no, we're just going to move pieces yeah. around. We'll move pieces around. <laughs> Look, I win. Monopoly. What? Bingo. Right. I don't fucking know. You're going the wrong direction. What? <laughs> Why not? Oh, there's this money stuff? I don't understand. Shit, what's that about? So I th- I think that it is a it's a, a fear of failure more on my part honestly because I wow. look back at it and I don't want to do it because I feel that if I slow the game down I feel that if I'm using a, a, a micro system like look I can make this work I could totally make this work on my own and I could just go 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 and that I mean that that covers a lot of it but you can I guess because I'm I'm afraid to slow the game down I feel that as a sign of failure I'm like ah oh, fuck I'm running really fast everything's going great. If I say, "Hey, Sean, can we please take a break while I while we all go through the grappling rules step by step?" and the group goes, "Uh," you're like, "Oh, Jesus Christ, I just, you know, you know, shot their dog. I feel like a dumbass for doing this." But it's okay. I guess it really should be okay. I mean, the I I need to stop doing that, quite frankly. I mean, if I'm going to do something, we run into a situation like that, I need to say, "Hang on a second. I don't know what this is or I glossed over that rule." Because I didn't know we, we I didn't know we'd be having a um, underwater swim fight. I didn't know that. I didn't know I needed to know the scuba rules for this. For I didn't you know snorkeling versus scuba tanks. I didn't have that in my combat here. I've got to figure this out. I'm here. For, I'm here for you, man. You are. This was good therapy. I appreciate I, this. Ah, that's what I'm here for. I mean, hey, that's interesting. I, I can see the reason again. Even if you go through it and the whole group looks at it and goes, "Wow, those chase mechanics fucking blow." Right. I like your way better. Done. 
then you and the group have encountered it together. You've all tasted it. You've tried it and went, oh, yeah, we tried that twice. Still no good. Okay, fuck it. We'll go back. You know what? We tried to really live with encumbrance. No one cared. Screw it. It's gone. Bam, grappling, research, and so on. Right. All right. I'll try. I'm fine. Pass the eggplant. I'll give it a shot. Just, hey, just give it a try, Brett. See what happens. How do you know you don't like it if you haven't tried it? Right. All right. Fine. Let's die roll. Die roll. Segment of the show where we provide two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery we want to share with you. Brett actually came through this week big time. He's got five. I don't even know. It's like mind boggling to me. Five. Well, I had to make up for the fact I'm a, apparently a shitty GM based on what we just talked about. So <laughs> I'm going to try to pick myself up here off the hey, floor. Hey, God we're, damn it. we're never above learning. Exactly. It's okay to fail. We talked there about that. Go. I failed. That's fine. I just failed on the mics in front of a lot of people right now. Well, it was bound to happen eventually. <laughs> it was bound to happen eventually. <laughs> Thank you. All right. First up here, um, this has made its way around, but a Russian scientist has apparently been injecting himself with three and a half million year old bacteria. Um, I have seen different articles out there. Some people said he claims he'll live forever. He's reversing aging. He's immune to disease. Craziness ensues. This is one of those, if you're running Delta Green or um, any conspiracy type game, uh, get in on this. Uh, X-Files-Z type thing. Awesome. Another one, Lincoln Insurance, of course. And there is an Ontario town that was has been hit by a rash of female mannequin thefts. I have not been to Ontario ever, just yes. for the record. Just, just want to say the record. that. Sean yeah. has a uh, extensive <laughs> mannequin um, collection. No, I'm kidding. I, he doesn't. I have he doesn't. a network of yes, mannequin. A network of mannequin thieves. Thieves, yes. Yes, he Across the border, he's big on this. Um, they go for quite a dime if you don't have to pay for them. <laughs> exactly. Again, <clears throat> Delta Green conspiracy piece. It's one of those weird things that you can throw out in a game of high weirdness. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Um, just good stuff. Um, so the Gygax estate is apparently now under the care and feeding of the Transformers movie producer, uh, Tom DeSanto. I don't know what this really means. It was a weird little blurb I saw. I think, I um, can't remember who put it up there. I think it was Carl Kiesler may have posted it, and I snagged it, put it out in the Gaming BS uh, community. But interesting idea. I wonder if that means that they're, De- DeSanto, of course, as a producer, oh, there's obviously movies and blah, 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 blah out there. I saw someone on Facebook, oh, this means there'll be Gord the Rogue movies. I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. Um, anyhow, interesting to see what comes of that. If they ever get a guy, maybe this will help fund the Gygax Memorial. (laughs) Don't get me started. (laughs) Sorry, low blow, low blow. Um, (sighs) Emily Care Boss has a trilogy of uh, romance games, and there's a link in the show notes to the pre-orders out there. Um, I one of our listeners pointed this out to us, and I am going to forget who did it. Hang on, I will find this. But Emily Care Boss has made some really cool games, and. Victor, Victor, it was Victor. There. Yes, it was Victor Wyatt. Thank you. So it's definitely worth a look. We do, Sean and I do talk about a lot, a lot of the big book games, the larger um, 300 plus uh, pagers. But some of the small book stuff, the indie press, as some people call it, there's some really fucking good stuff out there. So these are uh, universally known to the people I've spoken to or and seen and read about as uh, well done. So give them a look. The other uh, last one I have is Roll 20 is now an officially Watsy licensed D&D platform. So that is kind of cool. 
I use Roll20 with Sean, and I've used it before, so I think it's a pretty damn, I think it's a pretty cool thing. Pretty cool. Yeah, so what that means for folks that aren't on Roll20, Roll20 is a virtual tabletop. It is a freemium uh, model, which means you can join for free, you can run games for free. If you want to have a uh, particular amount of space, um, you can pay 10 bucks a month. You get a little bit more space, a little bit more um, features, so to speak. Like you can use different scripts to do different things uh, within the the game. And uh, I'm a subscriber. Um, but you can actually have in-platform purchases. So there are people that there's a library that you can you know, I want to buy this module and it, you buy the module and it comes with the maps and the tokens and kind of the scenario and everything. So that is what is going to be happening with Wizards of the Coast products. And they're starting with the Lost Mine of Fandelver, which is the, in the starter set. Um, there's talks of the giant, I can't remember the giant name, uh, hard book that's coming out in August, probably at Gen Con, um, that they're going to co- incorporate as well. That could I, be cool. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know if I get a discount if I'm a subscriber to Roll20. would be nice that I don't get double dinged but for the full amount, but whatever. I think somebody over at Watsy's finally got their proverbial shit together where they're understanding the power of the license of D&D as a brand, right? Yes. I equate this to Gene Simmons and Kiss. Say what you will about Gene Simmons. He says some pretty dumb shit. Um, he's the bassist of the, the rock group kiss well between between kiss and harley davidson if you put a harley davidson logo on something you will sell it if you put a kiss logo on something it will sell well the thing is 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 not even just putting it on a on on something it's it's on everything yeah and it's all licensed yeah you pay a premium to buy the kiss electric toothbrush right next to the regular electric toothbrush right the only thing different is it doesn't look like gene simmons the right right and gene and paul get kickbacks for all that stuff so if Watsi understands that and they license that brand to lots of different things like, I don't know, virtual play podcasts and, um, I don't know, bags and dice and oh, whoever. Yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. Shirts and all that other crap. They can just expand it and they can keep their, I mean, let's face it. Kiss has not released a new song in years, but they're still making money. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Think about it. All right. Uh, good stuff. Thanks, Brett. No problem. Sean, you, with your, with your three, which is good, which is very good. Mo- one more than I usually do. One more than you usually do? Yeah, I've had two last couple oh, times. I suppose you, you're, you're, you average a two roll. Yeah, usually. Or, or a one roll, one plus one. All right, fine. Whatever. Uh, Star Wars Fate Core Hack by Red Dice Diaries. So if you are a Fate fan and you are a Star Wars fan, you can put your peanut butter in their chocolate and use the fake core hack. I'll have a link in the show notes where you can actually get that off a of Google Drive. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Scribus for RPG layout. Scribus is an open source uh, desktop publishing tool. I've actually used it when I was running Linux on the desktop um, that you can download for free. It's open source. And uh, Jason Petri, Petri, Petra. Oh, sorry, Jason. But Jason is on Google+. He made a template because he's used it for RPG layout. So if you are an aspiring publisher, layout person in the RPG industry, you want to not have to buy something really expensive in order to lay something out, and you wanted to use a template, uh, Jason has put that out there and on his blog, which we'll have a link in the show notes. 
Thirdly, our RPG a day starts uh, the day before this drops. So August 1st through August 31st, there is a question every day to spur conversation, to talk about it. It happened in 2015. They're doing it this year for the month of August for 2016. The questions are a little bit more, I wouldn't say complex. They just are more discussion-based. So the first one I think is like, you know, do you use dice? Do you use a die, die roller? Do you use... We have to have a couple, there'll be a couple yes or no's or a couple multiple choices. Right. And then the idea is to spur discussions. Why do you do the thing? And yep. other ones will be, so what do you think is a good way to do X type right. of thing? So so we, Brett and I, or one of us will probably post this to the community. Like the first one is, do you use dice and, or die rollers? Blah. And you can comment or whatever. Then the second day, we'll put the second question up there. Now, we expect a lot of you to just post your own Google Plus or Facebook, and that's cool, too. Uh, but we'll just put it out there to the community, and maybe Brett and I will share what we think of uh, and have our opinions of each question for each day of August. And selfishly, I'm pretty damn sure some listener, and as we throw this out, their discussions will, will abound at some point. I'll be like, yep, that show topic, click. <laughs> right. So yeah. I plan to mine this. So off we go. All right, from a listener's perspective, Pure Mongrel hits us with a Kickstarter to the Magical Land of Yeld. It is a Kickstarter. It's a tabletop RPG based on the fantasy world of a popular comic, Modest Medusa. Link in the show notes. Go out there, take a look at it. Um, looks like it might be kind of interesting. This is the type of thing that um, my kids, I think, would absolutely love. Um, I, might ha- I might get in on this. I don't know. So... Could be cool. They got 28 days to go yet in their um, kickstart. They were at $13,000 gold. They're past that, so they're definitely going to go. So give a look. Maybe it'll be up your alley. Hawksparrow, he uh, comes back to us again with about a great place for play-by-post. Link in the show notes there. Pretty cool spot there he pointed us to. And Mongrel, he's back with another one um, reminding me. I knew this was coming. I completely forgotten. But this fall, Middle Earth comes to D&D 5e. So that could be kind of interesting. For me, my Middle Earth love is still uh, Merp, the old ice system. Um, I don't know why. I think it's because that's where I started with it and a bit of nostalgia. And I'm running it now. I'm having a great time with it. But this uh, this could be interesting. It'll be, um, I have to do some more reading into it, but it uh, could be interesting. Sean, anything else, sir? No, I think that wraps up this episode of Gaming NBS. If there is one thing, Brett, that we could ask the listener to do, what would it be? Uh, tell a friend. Tell someone about the show. If you like what we're doing, um, tell somebody. See what they uh, see if you can get them hooked. Uh, the best thing to do um, with any small endeavor like this is word of mouth. You uh, men and women who listen to us have been great. Um, you guys give great feedback. It's awesome to hear from everybody out there. And um, I'm super grateful and thankful that you guys continue to uh, push the word. And it's good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you, for everybody, for listening. Thanks for joining us next week when we talk about episode 100. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to talk about why we still play. There's um, Sean and I have talked about this a little bit here and there, but I want to Dig into that a little bit. Well, what the hell is it about this hobby that's uh, got its hooks in us? Why are we still doing this, man? I quit. I know you did, but you're back. No, I'm, no I quit you right quit now. now. I quit. <laughs> Fucker. Yep. So there goes that episode. That's great. <laughs> why that's why we still great. play? I don't know. I don't play anymore. I'd get. Uh, maybe I'll go get Everson to, to run it for us. 
He can help me out. He, he well, the, but he knows what gaming BS stands for now. So maybe I could, <laughs> maybe I could pull him over. Oh my God! Did I hear the record scratch from that episode, Bob? We love you, buddy. Gaming <laughs> oh, and it's, it's fun. It's all good fun. Yeah, cool times. All right, man. Well, for gaming and BS, I'm your host, Sean, and I'm Brett. Good night, good gaming all. This episode of Gaming and BS presented to you by patrons like Jeff Rademacher, Christian Sexy Voice Serrano, Kevin Lovecraft, Joe Swick, Brett's Biggest Fan, Steve Day, Old School DM, Forrest Gary, Tony Baker, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Palladian, Bruce Cunnington, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Misdirected Mark Productions, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Chris Steele, Knights of the Night Crew, Jason the Beard Blaylock, Remy Billado, Jason Hobbs Hobbs, Mark Tasaka, Mirko Freulich, Wayne Humphleet, James Carpio, and the Pure Mongrel. Consider becoming a patron. For the cost of a coffee shop coffee, you can support the show for an entire month. Whoa. Stop, rec- stop recording.